1: <laughs> shadow davis hanging
0: out in the green room let me uh just say that this room is not green
1: it's, it's not. white
0: and, and gray and gray with traces of is this brown because it's, it's so black. dim in here pure black. i was expecting a green room i know th- <laughs> i know what a green room means I, was, I wanted it to be green and it's not green it's disappointing, Chris, that it's not a green room.
1: The old green room in Kingston had a green shag carpet in the middle of the room.
0: Well, where is that green shag? It wasn't part of the apartment. Well, you could have brought it with you. It's
1: also the green room for other reasons, and so when we moved out of the old loft on Princess Street, I rolled it up and smoked it. Yes. <laughs>
0: that's why you call it the green room i get it okay dual connotations double entendre i love it i love it you know what i have to say man i'm really really proud of you for doing this thing thank you for this for this podcast this is something that i should probably be doing myself that i don't do uh but you put a lot of work into this thank you i had no idea like you guys got to understand that he, he just what was the band you just had in here no sinner no center. they're from Vancouver. Uh, he set up a whole uh, studio so they could uh, perform live, and he's also videoing the thing. And you're going you're gonna to put that up pretty soon, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah. it's not up already, you can go ahead and watch that. I, I'm sitting here watching the process, watching Chris do it, and I thought, wow, that was the, one of the coolest things. Right. I've seen it done in radio over the years, but never does a guy actually take his own time because he's so passionate about it and, and, and does that. I just sat back and watched. my wow! That's, I wish I had though.
1: I was really happy to have you here to witness it. Actually, very I, cool. To see me in action, and and because uh, honestly, man, you've known me for a long time. It's been a while, and and have seen me grow up in a lot of different ways. It's true, professionally, personally, yeah, in a lot of different ways. We go back some, yeah. It's yeah. what was it like? Oh, 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 six. Oh, 06.
0: So when Chris first, when I first met Chris, you were in radio already you'd been doing it for a while i'd quit a morning show right and i i remember giving you shit about that what are you doing quitting the morning show
1: and then i told you why and then you said you're in a better place now (laughs) (laughs) and then you started getting me to do stunts on your morning show
0: well yeah but you were you were also on the air too you were doing weekends weekends, and then stunts whenever
1: i could just to pick up some cash you
0: were you were the human toboggan Mm -hmm. i recall turkey hunter the biggest one was the turkeys (laughs) that was probably the best you guys have got to understand what he did we had a wild turkey that was crossing terrorizing highway 15 highway 15 in kingston every morning traffic would be stalled for miles because of this turkey just sitting there in the highway and Enough was enough. People are calling every morning. What are you going to do about this turkey? What what do you mean, what am I going to do about this (laughs) turkey? Why are you asking me? Like, What can I do? But then we thought, we're going to send Chris out and we're going to have him chase that turkey down. And all morning long, he chased... Literally chased this turkey up to the top of the roof of the high school across the road. That's right. <laughs> you had to I climb went into the a ladder.
1: classroom. Sorry, kids. Sorry, and i climbing out this window. And and of course, I was the fat guy my whole life until recently. That's right. I was probably 350 pounds trying to squeeze out this little slide window <laughs> was, to get out onto the roof.
0: That was one of the best radio moments of my career. Wow! It was it was great the way it went down. Like on the air in in segments <laughs> it was in segments between seven thirty and nine o'clock A nine part piece yeah it was it was amazing, and just the audience uh involvement in that was was because all those cars were stalled on the road anyway, right yeah they had nothing better to do than to watch you and listen to the as it was going on <laughs> yeah, which was which was really cool that gets brought up to me from time to time I'm glad by outsiders. And, uh, they always ask, not outsiders, like, you know, outside of our little group, yes. but, uh, you know, other people in radio across the country, that turkey bit. <laughs> I said, it wasn't a bit. It was a real thing that happened. And Chris went, who's the guy that did that? I say, Big Chris. He does mornings on K-Rock in Kingston now. Really? Yeah, man. So you see, that's the thing. You've come from, in 10 years time, you've come from chasing turkeys to doing and hosting your own morning show. Yeah. Uh. And that's pretty cool. Thanks, man. Like that's that's the clear, evolution. It's the evolution of a, of a radio personality. I think it's, it's the best. And
1: it started there with the turkey hunt. I felt like that was one bit that, that I really connected with the city on at a very early time in my career in Kingston. Or the turd king, too. I went to people's backyards... And collected their frozen dog poop out of their backyard.
0: It, well, it was already half melted because it was springtime. Oh, I hate the half melted <laughs> shit. Yeah. It was the hip waders and the shovel and the buckets. And
1: we also, we had- we <laughs> Every did a, day for a week, he did that. We did a whole pre-promo too. <laughs> Where for weeks prior, I had lessons. I went out with a company called Turd Be Gone or something. And that's right. They taught me how to appropriately dispose of the food. Oh
0: my god! It was half
1: public service announcement.
0: And so yeah, these are the things that you were willing to do. I think that's absolutely outstanding.
1: I swing for the fence every time, man. Every time.
0: <laughs> well, they can't always be uh, you know like the homers, but yeah, <laughs> a couple of those. Those were two really yeah really cool ones. And so yeah, Chris and I, we've we've. We've done a lot together. We've been through a lot of things together. And one of the cool things, too, is maintaining a relationship, right? Yeah. Like last night at CMW, uh, how long has it been since the
1: last time we saw each other? You were in Kingston at my place on Patrick Street. So that's like five years, maybe? Oh, it could be six. Okay, five or six years. Yeah, I was with the Army at that time. I wasn't on the air. That's
0: right. You were doing... He was programming the Army radio station that broadcast from uh, CFB Kingston... To the Middle East. I think we might have to edit this out. (laughs) We can't say? Well, I I think that's as far as we can go. This is all classified information? It might still be. I I had no idea. I thought, because it was, okay, I'm not going to talk
1: about it anymore. I didn't realize it was such private stuff. Well, uh, I mean, it's years later, but for anyone who wants to Google psychological operation radio station, You'll get an idea of what I was up. You to. You were part of a propaganda. That's what this was—a propaganda yep. yeah. organization, it's a propaganda radio. You station. never
0: told me that before. Yeah, he never told me that before. I thought it was just like, I thought it was just like to to play music for the the troops over there.
1: No, it was, it was from for, Canada. It was for Afghan populace, for teenagers to listen to, because if they were listening to pop music, they weren't joining the Taliban. That was the psychological op.
0: I had no idea. Wow, I've already said too much. <laughs> <laughs> he was programming music and oh, he's yeah. got i got this bad jock man i mean she's terrible she's awful i can't do anything with her who cares
1: <laughs> I, I can't understand what she's saying anyways but i know she sucks Yeah, but it doesn't matter because the whole
0: operation was for a completely different purpose it didn't matter about the quality of the talent on it the did. air it
1: did that's why they wanted me there they wanted it to sound like a viable commercial radio property Oh. in in Afghanistan.
0: I had no you know what I'm mind blown right now. That's crazy. I had no I Have you ever told anybody that before?
1: Few people uh, uh i don't have a lot of evidence uh,
0: yeah a couple of photographs
1: right. couple of photographs and a thank you from the colonel it's I,
0: your word against the government man <laughs> Yeah, like that's it they're gonna deny it it's like area 51 <laughs> no there's no aliens here i don't know what you're talking about we don't do psycholo- psychological psychological operations no in, canada. in canada that's crazy who are the big uh, propaganda voices in the world war Two? Uh, J- uh, what were their names? I can't uh, remember. Goebel. Gobel with the Nazis. Right. But I'm thinking about Seoul City Sioux. In the Korean War, it was Seoul City Sioux. And she would do a radio broadcast to the... UN troops in South Korea and it would be, you are all going to die today. I hope you have a wonderful last few hours, right? Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. And you hear that and you go, wow, I wonder if she's right. I wonder if we are. We have troops coming, massing uh, over the mountain, just next, you know, those are the kinds of things they would say. Head games. You you guys never went that far.
1: No. And that was, that was the point of me being there was to be that commercial um, gate. So, Like It was up to me, and there were some points that I had to defend the credibility of our news broadcast where we were asked to put things in in the 6 a.m. news or the 7 a.m. morning news uh, that were not factual or not... It was editorializing the news, and I had to actually stand up for that shit. I had to say, no, we can't do that. The idea was that we had request shows, we had call-ins, we had top 40 countdowns, we had news broadcasts. The time for the messaging came... During commercial breaks. And much like we have in regular radio where you hear ads from McDonald's or Leon, Sears, whatever, yeah. we had messages prepared.
0: Oh, I just got a text from the government. They they say this is all bullshit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shutting it down. Somebody's gonna kick in the door any second wow. now.
0: Yeah. So I mean, you your career has gone uh since since Chris and I first met, so two thousand six, at so 10 years uh I left Kingston you stayed behind there for a while for a little bit yeah and then you went to was it Hamilton immediately why well, want to wait in Hamilton after the army gig right so the army gig lasted how long three years but you also went to a different station in Kingston
1: I was at uh, Fm96 uh part-time while the last year of my contract with the forces because I knew it was ending mission was ending 2011 and I was working part time. It was working something like twelve hour days. Yeah, because I would go to work at the army base seven a.m. to three, and then three to seven. I That's was on the right. Air-
0: so you had to rush across town to get to the radio station. Yeah, but oh, then yeah. you went to Y one hundred and eight and made the choice to come- have you talked about that yet on the on the podcast to um, come back because you know what the, the one thing that happens with a lot of uh, younger people, and when I say younger, I mean you're thirty five years old, <laughs> so yeah. it's not like you're a young Ish. guy. I'm old. Um, What happens these days, and I find specifically in Ontario, uh, first of all, because it's such a big province with so many viable uh, radio markets, you really don't have to leave the province Mm -hmm. to get a a high-end job. Ottawa, Toronto, uh, Kingston, London, Hamilton, uh, Kitchener, Waterloo. I mean, there's all kinds of great markets to work in here. I find a lot of guys, a lot of people in this business, never leave Ontario. Mm -hmm. And I always say that's, you got to get out and experience other things and i got the impression from chris when i first met him that he was not necessarily unwilling to move to a different city but maybe a little bit frightened of moving out of the zone
1: it's far away from the fam you know the comfort zone you know the, the further i get away from my uh from my mom in almont ontario small town West of Ottawa, it was a little scary. But I was all in, and I did apply for a lot of gigs. Uh, Vancouver, Winnipeg, your hometown. Yeah, I remember you were there. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I, I did actually a couple of nights on a, or a one-night show, uh, evening show on, uh, what was Power 97? Power 97. Which, which you're now on the air on.
0: Yeah, but it's a different, it's, it's, it's different called 97.5 Big FM now, and it's mm-hmm. classic rock, and it's it's not the same as it used to be. Totally a, different, yeah. One of the things that happens in radio. But you went to Hamilton, oh, right? I did, yeah. So that was the first time. That you came completely out of your comfort zone. Now we're talking about all the way across the lake. Hamilton. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. I know it's a little farther than Kingston
1: and, and Cornwall. But it was the time of my life. In Hamilton. And, and it was. It really was. And and if you go back in the episodes uh, previous to this, I did a two-part thing on the times in Hamilton where we had Scott Penfold and Ben McVee from the station. And we talked about... A lot of fucked up shit that happened <laughs> behind the scenes, but we also talked about what a great group of broadcasters we had, and how we also uh, never really uh, had a vibe at a radio station like that before. Just a jive of just proper villains, I guess, is the best way of describing it. Yeah, um, but yeah, and then I ended up coming back to Kingston. I remember when Chris
0: was going through that, and so there was a lot of phone calls, and I'm sure you were asking a lot of friends, and
1: what I didn't should know. I do? What I didn't should know. I
0: do? Do you regret it?
1: I've never said this out loud. (laughs) You regret it. It's been a great three and a half years in (laughs) Kingston. Don't get me wrong, but there is a Paradise Lost syndrome in the back of my head because the resources that you have in in a market like Hamilton, the kind of interviews you get, the kind of treatment you get, the the resources that a station has, the extra staff that it has, it's not a shoestring. Hamilton's the number nine market in Canada. And it's right next to Toronto. They have to compete against Toronto signals and radio stations. So there was a lot going on there, and I quickly forgot what it was like doing radio in Kingston. And it was a bit of a wake up call going back. When you went back, it was every weekend at a charity event, cutting ribbons. It got exhausting. Yeah. I burned out. You know, and uh, I know how that feels. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you. Shadow and I, I think work on a, and I. Well, it's probably because I learned a lot from him uh on a similar uh on the street yeah in the city. Yeah. Live it. Yeah. You yeah. gotta
0: vibe it. And and when you do that seven days a week, it be, it becomes exhausting, mentally exhausting, right? It's not like it's a, a great physical labor. It felt like I was stealing from the
1: company if I had a weekend to myself.
0: Yeah. It felt well, that way. I never I never felt that way. <laughs> I, I never did. That's my anxiety <laughs> but, maybe speaking. Yeah, maybe it's just <laughs> yeah. a little bit of psychosis going up. But but the uh, the thing about Moving back to a smaller city, you've got a chance to be that big fish in in the small pond. It's a morning show opportunity that you had.
1: I'd never done... Well, I had a morning show in Cornwall, but I I don't even like to talk about it because it didn't go well. It's embarrassing. Can I
0: reassure you of something? Yes. Um, When we leave a great situation, we thought was a great situation, uh, for greener pastures, and we have our regrets later on, we look back at that situation how gold that situation was right but it never ever continues on that way you, well you get pockets there of was greatness
1: and I, like i say there w- it, it was it was an era and and it was coming to a close regardless because seven months after i left the morning co-host ended up going to jail yeah and and then get deported from the country right and the midday host was homeless for seven months you know <laughs> no. and then and then the main morning host ended up having to go into rehab i mean you know like it was a great era but it was fueled by some not so good shit well (laughs) yeah you know and they
0: don't last right so you're living this golden time of your career and we all go through this where there's magical moments i've been doing this uh 34 years there's been magical moments interspersed throughout but the magical moments if I were to add up all of the time, and I'm going to say like half a dozen of them, uh, if I were to add up th- the entire time of the magical moments, it probably comes to three years, yeah. maybe four years, Total. interspersed throughout those 34 years. Not to say that working in radio isn't a great gig every day, because Every it is. single
1: day. That's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to knock on my experience in Kingston. It's been awesome.
0: Or anywhere, for that yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, because everywhere I've worked, well, there's a couple of places that weren't so great, but you know, you you you're get to be on the radio every day. That's the worst thing that's going to happen to you. Yeah, that you you get to be on the radio every day. You might suck one day. You might have a great show one day. In your mind, you know, um, but that's what you get to do. When those golden moments happen, wow! And the entire staff's on board, all moving in the same direction, and the vibe in the building's electric, and everybody's happy, and every day to come to work, and yeah. there's no frank burns is on the staff you know there's no weasels on the there's nobody like that to drag you down there's no black clouds anywhere those are the golden moments where you're going yeah man there's no way that we can lose there's no way that we can lose we're just moving like a tidal wave here it's huge but what happens with the tidal wave peters out yeah right so that that happened in hamilton so i ask you again are you are you upset that you moved from there
1: well, now that you put it that way, no.
0: <laughs> right? I mean, no single person is ever going to be the cause of one of those magical eras. But It's a combination of people. It's a combination of, of personalities. Uh, and that goes for any great rock band or any great hockey team or professional, t- whatever, right? Um, it's, it's a mixture of everybody. Even this, the, the person that contributes the least... Is still part of it, yeah, right.
1: And that was what also I really liked about you know why is that we had a lot of role players, you know, like a like a, I remember Barry Taylor who is uh, you know a, a stand up comic now, but he was doing the weekend show. I mean, we were so lucky to have him part time on two days a week to fill in for the rest of us. You yeah, know? like that was,
0: and he was happy with it,
1: right? He was perfectly because he was doing stand up comedy the rest of the week. Yeah, you know? so he was
0: happy to have that gig as he was as as he was doing something else, and yeah. you know, I mean the one thing that will always crash that party more than anything else is ego hmm. right the second the ego starts creeping in or the uh i hate to say this um entitlement anxiety nervousness hmm. um negativity uh backstabs hmm. and this happens from time to time game of game of microphones, yes, shit, yes. <laughs> That's right. That, and that's. we should actually come up with a bit. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Game of microphones. That's what I that's said on my funny.
1: first day on K-Rock. I said, there's been like six morning shows in the last three years at this radio station. Right? I finally made it to the iron microphone.
0: <laughs> the iron mic. <laughs> that's classic.
1: It was 5.30 a.m. on January 28th. Have you got that on tape? No. Uh <laughs> just why in my memory it's 5 30 in the morning our first break on the air as the morning show at k-rock and that's what that was and i was always very proud of that line <laughs> but the ratings are so bad at the time nobody heard it yeah
0: <laughs> don't worry it's never as good as you thought it was Yeah, I know, if you exactly. had it on tape it wouldn't have been any just good like at all.
1: looking back at why i want to wait you know it was just a moment <laughs> in time
0: <laughs> well, that was that's a great analogy man it's mm-hmm. that's what happens and the wave is over it's petered up now what yeah. now you got to be how do you find the next one right in that same building or or, or do you Elsewhere. move on yeah. yeah so it's all about vibe and energy and fun
1: the green room podcast is powered by 420 kingston
0: and 420 session lounge and micro shop and so that's what we had there at k-rock yeah 10 years ago and it was cool because we had lost when chris first arrived I think we had just there lost was a changeover. T- yeah, we'd lost Taz, right? Yep.
1: But he had been gone for what six months. There had been a, a change of cast. I think there was Joanne was just had just arrived on scene. Right. Okay. So Jackie and, was gone then. Yeah. Steph had just started on middays, and then uh, G was doing afternoons. Sideshow so I think, was doing evenings. This I is was,
0: this is a great time of tumult. Yeah. Uh, in in that particular dynamic of that radio station so Chris was part of the second wave that happened actually maybe even the third because I was part of the second yeah Um, the station had been on for that was you know I, I don't know what it is today I haven't been there for years and years and years but when I first arrived there it had been on the air maybe a year it was Kingston's first rock station ever like, uh, I don't know what, it, what they listened to. People went to. crazy. Yeah. It, it was, there
1: was a station in Brockville, and as soon as K-Rock came on the air, they flipped it. Yeah. They
0: said, oh, we can't, we're not going to come try and compete. Yeah, well, it's, I mean, Brockville, come on. That's not even, what's that, 45 minutes, an hour away? Yeah, it was a weak signal, signal, was yeah. weak, and, and it wasn't a Kingston station. So now Kingston's got their own rock station. Uh, it but, was embraced. It, yeah. Yeah, big time. R- but not necessarily right from the beginning. Um, it, took it took a while. A couple while. years, yeah. It took a while for those numbers to come up. And, and I think I arrived at the exact right time. Yeah. And whatever contribution I made to it, uh, for whatever reason, that thing went from an
1: eight, nine share. Eventually, what was our high Like 30? You had a... I will always remember this number because <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to hit it when I started on mornings at k It's tough now. It You're won't different happen. stations. Two no. other rock stations in town, yeah. Death from a Thousand Cuts. But Shadow had, in the mornings... Shadow and Taz, 37.5 share. 37.5, with that's right. Adults, 12 and over. So everyone over the age yeah. of 12, 37.5.
0: Yeah, that was crazy. You never ever Doesn't heard happen. of that before. And, you know, but again, you got to look at the landscape of the city in, in radio back then. You're going, all right, well, there was what, five stations, maybe four five sta- And now you've got how many? Seven? Eight? Competing. Yeah. Competing? So, yeah. so, you know, like you say, death by a million cuts or a thousand cuts, but um we, we were kind of a universal sort of deal there and then you become the st- the morning show of record in town where yeah. people like they feel like they missed something if they didn't hear you that day and that is the fun thing try you establish yourself as that morning show wow man that is the coolest thing and it's a huge honor uh and something you never take lightly ever or for granted uh because next thing you know it's gone it's fleeting and it's hard to get to. It was fun, though. Uh, and, and that lasted for, well, Taz left in 05. Uh, then we did that Get the Gig deal. Mm-hmm. Jackie Delaney joined. Jackie's an interesting person. Um, she's now working uh, for the Senate in Ottawa. Yeah,
1: like press releases or yeah, something? I, I think
0: like. she's more than, I, she's a media spokesperson, maybe. Wow. She does well. She, she's doing, uh, but completely out of broadcasting. Uh, So when she left... Better than cutting hair. (laughs) That's right. Yes, much better than cutting hair. (laughs) Um, We brought Joanne in. There was a quick turnover there. Uh, You were then starting to come in. We lost Nancy Slater. Steph Hunter came in uh which was great addition for the radio station
1: and i'd originally been angling for that gig music director midday i didn't know and, that and g uh uh said to me look man i dig your action I really dig your action but we got to go with a chick you know you get it middays <laughs> what that's what he said that's the stupid you know yeah that's old school thinking he said yeah we got to stick to the formula that's been laid out i think is what he said yeah uh, pff,
0: whatever i mean eventually it didn't matter anyway eventually right? i
1: ended up doing middays anyways because yeah. steph steph was only there for nine months and she went to q107 so. Well, so so
0: look what what's happened out of that little radio station that we've had um people have gone out of fantastic success scott tucker oh man he does a morning show in toronto in toronto at virgin right uh, bumped into him last night at the broadcast awards great guy he still comes to kingston Sail, sales sales that's that's where in. his boat is now yeah he said ironically when i lived there my boat I couldn't get it there <laughs> he couldn't afford one <laughs> yeah uh taz he's now doing mornings at fm 96 in london uh his hometown Nancy Slater is now doing... Uh, Magic 100 Ottawa. That's right. And she's the music director. Steph Hunter is the program director of Jump 106.9 in Ottawa. I'm doing mornings in Winnipeg at Big. You're doing mornings.
1: Sitting on the iron microphone in Sitting <laughs> on the
0: iron microphone still. Tony Orr is still the constant there.
1: Fuck. You know, I always have said, as long as Tony Orr is reading the news in the morning, K-Rock will be okay. Right. People wake up to tony's news it's more important than me than anything that goes on there i love
0: tony or he's yeah. like he's a legend he's and you know what i'll tell you something else about tony a legend in in the kingston market but a legend in canadian radio oh yeah people know his name like anybody who's ever come through kingston knows tony or and one of my old bosses even scott when he was coming out of uh broadcasting school or something. He applied for a job with Tony. Tony was the news director at at Fly, I think, or or even going further back. CKLC. CKLC. And Tony turned him down. (laughs) He turned him down with a very polite letter. But uh, my boss... Uh, who was the general manager of a cluster of radio stations in the Winnipeg market and previously uh, worked in management at Toronto and Calgary and places like that. I mean, this guy you know, came up pretty strong. He was my boss in one time, too. That's right. Um, he adored Tony, had a soft spot for Tony, who's still doing what he did years
1: and years and years ago. Tony started in Kingston in 1977. And for me, every morning... I can always rely on him for some kind of backstory on something because he hasn't just lived in Kingston since 1977. He's reported on the news since 1977. He's a part of... If there's any historical like tracing, a timeline of what's gone on at City Council or any references that we need, he's got it in his head within seconds.
0: You know what I used to love about Tony? Um, (laughs) I would come in in the morning. I forgot what time, maybe 4.30, quarter to five. And he'd be sitting in that little news booth there.
1: Yeah, he still has the same one.
0: Yeah. And so I, I'd walk in first thing and uh, open the door, and there he is, typing. And then he wouldn't hear me because I'd come in quietly. And you'd hear him go, ha ha. Ha 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 ha. He's writing and, and laughing as he's typing out the news. And I'd say, What are you laughing at? Well, And he goes into the story about the Napanee crapper or whatever story. Somebody
1: took a shit on the hood of a car. Some moron
0: got a bullet in the leg while deer hunting last night. (laughs) I wonder how he feels today. And so from all of the things that Tony would, would bring us in the morning, we would go, I wonder if we can get a hold of this guy. I wonder if we can get a hold of this guy. I wonder if we can get a hold of this person. And so that it became Shadow and Taz Gumshoe detectives right we put yeah. the hangout the shingle and and that the whole show would be dedicated to finding out who took a shit on the hood of this woman's car or how this guy got a bullet in the leg or how this other guy's car was destroyed on these train tracks who parks on
1: train tracks how does that happen you have to find that out you know the thing we have is it's actually funny the parallel is now the thing that we do is is quote-unquote kingston crime because there's been a rash of of robberies where the uh criminal escapes on a bicycle <laughs> bicycle crime we track it there's at least one a week whether it's a regular bicycle or an e-bike <laughs> a guy that, that, that <laughs> they robbed were... they robbed a scotia bank right downstairs from k-rock and escaped on a bicycle a a pedal bike yeah in the middle of a snowstorm 10 speed cops didn't catch him Caught him up with the two weeks later.
0: How, so it took him two weeks. They finally found the yeah, guy. Yeah, So did you put out a description of the guy on the air? Have all points bulletin, <laughs> the people looking for this guy. He's riding a red CCM. A red CCM. <laughs> uh, completely covered up. Uh, it's wintertime. He's wearing a toque. He's wearing a scarf on his face, maybe a balaclava, so yeah. nobody gets a real good look. That, the same thing happened to me... Um, This guy begging for change in the street had this amazing story about how his girlfriend and he were having a fight. Uh, They're on their way from Montreal to Toronto, and they stopped in Kingston to gas up. Uh, She takes off in the car and leaves him stranded. So he needs money to get on the train or the bus back home. And it was a compelling, convincing story. And he showed me his business card. (laughs) Worked for this water bottling company. So I gave him 20 bucks. And I told the story on the air the next morning, and it turns out the guy had been doing this sting operation all over town for three or four months.
1: So people started phoning in saying, yeah, I saw him, I saw him. He did no, I didn't see him. How much
0: did you give him? 15 bucks. Turns out that I gave him the most <laughs> at any one time. But yeah, we got like dozens of calls that morning. Finally, the guy was caught six months later on his bike by Taz, who happened to be doing a live hit from someplace downtown
1: shadow there's the guy there's the guy he just chases him out of the butcher shop <laughs> he There did!
0: Got him! he did <laughs> it was down by city hall down by springer market square
1: they're called springer market square now yeah.
0: yeah but no i mean that that's the kind of stuff that would happen when i first moved to kingston man i went oh this is a small like, nothing ever happens here like wh- what are we ever going to talk about and well that's lots the the most active city and and the most connected city because it's such a small city that everybody knows exactly what you're talking about right there's no confusion as to where that
1: is Make one reference to one street everyone knows
0: everybody right and so you're you're a bigger market less familiarity um less down home feel you
1: can drill right down yeah I,
0: i can never imagine working in a place like toronto how on earth Would you ever be able to speak to that many people? If you're thinking about there's a guy listening uh, who lives in North York who never comes downtown, right? Ever. And there's a guy listening in Mississauga who never goes to Etobicoke, like, you know, or Scarborough. People
1: like like to stay in their boroughs.
0: Yeah. And so how on earth do you relate to all of these people who are in your listening area? Like, how do you do that? What is the common thread? Truly
1: broad casting right at that point yeah Yeah. so
0: yeah where's the common thread where is the what the leafs i suppose you can talk about (laughs) you know oh oh, it'll be safe talking about the leafs but then you're copping out like how do i find something that's going to interest all of these people all from these different areas different walks of life i mean it's huge it's how many people live in in the gta like six million it's big as chicago now it's outrageous how big it is here and and action everywhere man like chris and i've been walking
1: around downtown the last day and it's fun it's intimidating too though as as yours truly you know moving here like uh i think for the first couple of months i didn't leave young and eglinton i was just getting to know this neighborhood well you got to have a starting point
0: yeah. And you circle around. Oh, yeah. You know, and it gets bigger and bigger for, and slowly bigger.
1: Slowly gets further south, St. Clair, and then you, eventually you get you became an, an
0: Uber game. guy, too. You're all like you're completely dedicated to Uber.
1: I do, I do enjoy the Uber. I like the fact that you don't need to tip and you can just say,
0: See ya. I got an, an Uber account. Shadow, yeah, we'll take an Uber back to my place. Yeah. Uber, okay, because we don't have that out west. Yeah, you don't have it. Yeah, no.
1: I mean, they finally reached some kind of uh, peace treaty here in uh, in Toronto. Yeah,
0: you were talking about that. Yeah,
1: there they've been uh, they've been battles in the streets. It's been national news. It's been crazy.
0: It's been the cabbies versus
1: the Ubers. Oh yeah, and I, I always find it ridiculous the fact that uh, the cabbies are trying to <laughs> they're trying to say it's a safety problem. It's safety. Ubers are not safe. Meanwhile, the cabbies are punching Uber drivers and denting their cars or trying to break through the glass or getting into physical fights. That doesn't look safe to me. Well, we, that doesn't we, scream safety to me. The, the Uber guys
0: drive their own vehicles, right? Yeah. Okay. So we took an Uber today. Chris mm-hmm. and I took an Uber. And the guy didn't have a plexiglass shield in his car. Mm-hmm. He didn't have any sort of protection, what, whatever. The cabbies have all got like armor. They're surrounded by armor. And they're talking about Ubers being unsafe. Yeah. Like these guys are the ones who are who are living in a bubble just driving a car twelve hours a day. Uh and I think there's a little bit of entitlement too that that cabbies feel about this particular uh, means of locomotion for people, right? Yeah, now we, there's
1: a new competitor. Yeah, but we in radio, we don't go out and start fighting anyone who's using iTunes. <laughs> I've tried. There's it's <laughs> There's too many of them.
0: The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay
1: from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Cundle from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617